everyone and welcome to Pop Astrology with Charlotte. I'm Charlotte and I'm going to read Harvey Weinstein's chart because I need to do that because I'm yawning and I'm stretching because <laughs> I'm in my room. Oh, don't you love quarantine and COVID? Okay. No, we don't love it. Precisely why I'm sitting on the floor doing this right now. Okay. So, um, I'm going to do Harvey Weinstein's chart. As you know, Harvey Weinstein was a was a sex trafficker because <laughs> you know i know he was a hollywood film pro producer but now we have entered a time where we do not talk to him about his art we talk to him about his depravity because we are coming into a, a time where that will be the ultimate um legacy that he leave leaves for for the world um I would like him to be remembered as someone that really hurt our culture, as someone who groomed the world. Because that's what these people at the very top do in the art world. They, um, people in the art world hold hands and dance and, 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 and frolic with, I guess, the devil. Oh my god, am I being literal? Um, I am, um, I am, I, I, let's just say I am going to be not literal. Because then we have to go into the whole, like, conspiracy theory stuff, and, you know, that, I don't want to do that here because that upsets me. So let's just say they dance or frolic with the devil, do business deals with the devil in a metaphorical way, which means that they are, um, they are easily corrupted by the stimulation of their senses and the fulfillment of their deepest, darkest desires for sex, money, power, fame, like all those things. Okay, so let's just say they dance with the devil in that in that way. You know, like they're just they're just weak, <laughs> weak. So what happens if you have weak, powerful people? You get people like Harvey Weinstein, um, a weak, powerful person. So weaknesses can also can be considered flaws. Weaknesses are vices. Weaknesses are desires. Um, and power is, uh, uh, I guess, material and perceived resources and 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 also control. So I have his chart here, and um, I want to make sense of this. Let uh, uh, his birth time is not accurate it's a c rating on astro.com but in the notes it says that this this came from an, an la astrologer who specified his uh his uh uh ascendant degree as 13 degrees meaning that he was likely born at 9:45. i'm gonna read this as this is his chart because i have a feeling this just might be close to it um so let's just go with it God, why are all evil people Scorpio Risings, including Putin? They don't have real charts, but they decide, let's make him Scorpio Rising because it makes actual sense. But here we go. <laughs> um, what should I start with? Okay, so I would say that the first thing I notice is he is a Pisces. He is a Pisces sun at 29 degrees, making him a cusp of Aries. So 
when someone is born with a cusp or born on a cusp a planet is in a cusp it is within like two degrees of being in another sign so you could say that this uh sun his outer self his ego is a combination of pisces is for sure a pisces but it's on the cusp of aries the god of war pisces is the creative genius it is the spiritual healer it is the psychic it is right that's pisces and then next to pisces it is the warrior if you think of pisces as the death it's the 12th sign as the the zodiac and then you think of aries as the beginning of the new year you this person is going to embody both of those energies as um as conflicting as they are they are also they flow into each other at the same time because peace and war are, are always going to be sitting on the cusp of you know um you know they're all, sorry the uh, um pisces and aries they are the the end and the beginning right they're opposite but yet next to each other and so if we look at harvey weinstein and his son um is is he was he not truly a creative healer um a, 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 some kind of spiritual influencer like maybe not literally he wasn't a pope or a priest but he, he I, it's iconography you know like pisces is in charge of iconography it is the only sign and it is the last house in the in in astrology in the in the chart that represents the esoteric aliens of the worlds and think of neptune water um transcend transcending of time and space and reality and so when people have their sun in this sign that's why they're so dreamy and messed up like they have no boundaries like you do fucking crazy shit and sorry you guys to a pisces you do crazy shit and you justify it and in your own mind you're like no i have the power listen what do you mean you, you have the power pisces don't have power that is for themselves you are under this illusion that you have everything in control and you don't because you lack boundaries and he also this man this harvey weinstein has venus in pisces venus love does not have bounds bounds here boundaries so venus venus represents how you love what you can fall in love with um what you enjoy romantically who you're attracted to how you receive that attraction how you like like how you like to be loved and how you like to love right and with venus here it is exalted and when venus is in pisces that is con it, it when venus is in pisces it, it means that it's at its most highest most potent point it is exalted is the best placement quote unquote best placement for venus however having this planet which usually governs taurus and libra in pisces is kind of dangerous actually people think that they're like oh my god my venus is in pisces but guys you guys go through like the craziest romantic shit like just stuff that like disrespects you love shit that disrespects you you love being treated disrespectfully sometimes i mean you can have other placements that say that you that you love you know practicality and stuff so maybe that will even you out but generally when you have venus and pisces like love does not have boundaries and you can get abused and at the same time you could easily be an abuser and not even see it that way because you don't have boundaries um so 
Venus in the fourth. So, oh god, is he gonna have, he's gonna have a comfortable death. I don't, maybe he won't, but when you have Venus in the fourth house, it usually indicates a comfortable close to life. Um, but his north node and his north node is conjunct that north node meaning the like the your your ultimate destiny destiny is in Aquarius. Um I think that this man is going to die like he's going to die disgraced, he'll be disgraced for sure. But um his life will end very comfortably um soon maybe because he's old and sick and um his north node is at the end of Aquarius conjunct his Venus that I mean that 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 can a lot of conjunctions are coming up for that north node and yeah I I, I think his ultimate destiny has been achieved here revolution north node in Aquarius is revolution um just it's also the destruction in the beginning and the north node just like his sun is cusping. It is like at 29 degrees in Aquarius, almost in Pisces. He'll die before, like he created this culture. He's one of the culture makers and he'll die before he sees its destruction and he'll die comfortably, but he will die disgraced. And um, that is why we need to be shouting out louder about this and get, we need to, we, if we can't come for him, we will come for his legacy, guys. But yeah, his ultimate destiny is to probably die peacefully, chill. Like, he'll be in pain and fat and awful. Like, I guess his his karma would be like that ailing body of his that has... Um, <laughs> that ailing body of his... That ailing body of his that has just seen too much hedonism in his life, whether that be through food, sex, drugs, whatever... He's had it, and he'll he's he's able to afford a comfortable death as comfortable as he as he can get with um with his health issues. Um, now, so yeah, that's and this is his fourth house. I basically just analyzed his fourth house just now, just now. Let's go back to the sun. So his sun is in the fifth house. Fifth house is the Leo house. It is the stage, the screen, the um you know Leo. Think of Leo as a showgirl or 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 an actor boy. You know, showgirl, show showboy, and they love to. Da, 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 da. you know that's that's um that's leo that's the actor and um he's got his son in in the house that it rules <laughs> like the son belongs in the fifth house it's a great placement for the son it's like i am home i am here to tap dance and create artwork and to act and perform and so this person shines brightest because this, the sun represents the outer self um who you're you know who you are in the world london cops uh and um yeah the fifth and it's uh you know that quote by um um shakespeare about you know all the world's a stage well his whole world was a stage quite literally he was a film producer right so the sun shines brightest in fifth house of creativity and performance so um, a lot of people that have this placement, I would say, hey, like you would make a great actor. I don't know if you'd become a famous actor, but you'd make a really great actor or someone that could deliver speeches and create things for the public to visually consume and also someone who can be themselves visually consumed. Um, I know he wasn't an actor, but being a producer, I would say he was visually consumed. Like his, his messages about how he perceived culture and 
Um, he, he was he, he, he was a genius and um, he put out his movies and made lots and lots of money. So this this is a person, Sun in the Fifth House, the Leo planet in the Leo house is someone, he's like a Leo in a lot of ways, so it's someone who can be consumed and watched and adored and worshipped and very charismatic and fun. <laughs> so yeah, that meant, I would say that's Weinstein. Like I, I know he was a horrible human being, but you got to remember like, he knew how to schmooze. <laughs> Um, now he also has Jupiter in the fifth house. This is someone who is a lot of fun, but also very, very attention seeking. And I say this as someone that has Jupiter in the fifth house. This Jupiter's in Aries, so it makes it really harsh and aggressive energy. Um, I am someone with Jupiter in Taurus in the fifth house. Um, I'm also a Scorpio rising like him. This is a very scary similarity, but um, my Jupiter's in Taurus, which is about the feminine, and it's much more gentle. His Jupiter is in Aries. What's he naturally good at? Winning, um, competition. Um, Jupiter is conjunct Mercury. Mercury's the mind. He has an Aries mind. He's an aggressive talker. He's a very ag mentally aggressive, mentally... Uh, he's a he's a mental athlete. I know physically, I mean, disgusting. <laughs> but he was a mental athlete. Like this is a man who has, um, who he could be a writer. This is someone who has real gift to write to communicate with people. It's again, this is in the fifth house of. It's almost cusping the sixth house, like a workhouse. Like there's a very very creative person, like someone who could write scripts definitely um and someone who has a microphone all the time this is a voice of this is a voice this is a true voice to jupiter and mercury together it's a great combination it's a great conjunction it's in aries so you it could also be incredibly upset he could be incredibly upsetting with his words be quite abusive even and there's an opposition to um this uh jupiter and mercury which are conjunct in aries in the fifth house they're directly opposite oh my goodness two generational planets neptune and saturn in the 11th <sighs> basically the opposition uh, means that you have a challenge you have to learn to um cultivate the talents and skills and, and even troubles of one part of your chart with another part of your chart and like you have to like balance or not even learn to balance just deal with the fact that you're always going to have this war between these two parts of your life and he's got the 11th house um neptune and saturn in libra in the 11th this is someone who has messy dealings neptune is corruption as well i mean neptune governs pisces and the 11th and the 12th house here it's in the 11th which means that i reckon he has lack of boundaries with friendships does he have did hedonism and lack of boundaries in his friendships did that happen i believe so um it's directly opposite um jupiter and mercury in aries there's this ping pong between his artistic expression and his social network so they are opposition to each other. They are kind of in conflict, but they exist. They're also not really. Like, they're too... It's like a double life. He has a double life here. Um, he's got Saturn as well. So people sat in the 11th um, know a lot of important people. Maybe there's also restrictions on friends as well. As He had lack of boundary with friends, but at the same time he had restrictions on friends. So maybe he only had friendships with people of a certain caliber or a, with a certain amount of power. Um, and yeah, Saturn is uh, is opposing that Jupiter as well, uh, that Jupiter and Mercury. So yeah, there's this... Um, 
this oscillation of also like of genius maybe oscillation between two points like the ping pong this like back and forth between yes networks and creativity and at the same time wanting to keep them separate even though they can't be it's just uh, okay gross 11th house is the aquarius house it is the friendship networks technology dreams and um and then i guess ambitions as well um yeah and that's he's got placements in there so he's got fuck, fucking crazy friendships bloody crazy friendships um now let's have a look at his midheaven oh, and it's at 22 degrees so um harvey weinstein has his 10th house uh, midheaven uh, they're two different things, but I'm using Placidus, so they're they're together here. Um, MC in Leo. Midheaven is your public self. It is the person you are in the the public. <laughs> your role in the world, like your tenth house is. It usually tells you what your careers are. Like it hasn't. Um, it tells you what things you might be good at to serve the public. Your duty um how people see you in the workplace as well it's like you're ascendant at work as you're ascendant in the professional field and he is is in leo so he is the showman he's literally got the sign of of the stage of singing expression art um fun leisure in his 10th house now people who have this placement they would make really good actors yes they would also um make um yeah like really good painters maybe like producing art or showing things off or even if they don't have that job maybe they're let's just say they're a teacher or something they're gonna potentially be a very um performative teacher or they're gonna there's gonna be an element of performance with whatever they do even if they were say someone that worked in you know at, let's say they're a janitor they're in like um a garbage disposal or something like that is quite messy they're probably going to be the most fun garbage taker out <laughs> garbage man i hate like i don't like using garbage man i don't like that garbage woman no um sanitary workers right if they were working in sanitary the sanitary industry they would be the most entertaining person in the office so <laughs> He has that. He's meant to be a real entertainer and also to produce art. And that's exactly what he did. He was a film produ producer, script writer, right? Now, it's at 22 degrees. And I want to refer to um, my co my colleague, um, another uh, content creator, the Divine Venus, Alison. Um, she talks about the 22 degree and how it means um, it, it's the, it's what do, you call it? what do you call it? The death flight or it's like the fight or flight degree it's one of those degrees that indicates like either you win or you die uh kill or be killed that's what she calls it now he's got his midheaven right on 22 degrees so whatever he's gonna do i know it's in show business but there's gonna be an element of maybe competition and also like destruction and like luck but also like having the type of power that other people maybe would want to take from you or maybe you're, it's going to be the type of power that you always want to keep so you get desperate to keep it and you become tyrannical and all of that or maybe like people just see how powerful you become and you're the one who becomes their victim like there's a mix of like yeah kill or be killed right and that's what his midheaven is and he guess what he's got pluto so pluto 
Hades, god of the god of the underworld, of gold and mineral wealth and sex and destruction and rebirth and like darkness and you know Scorpio because Pluto rules Scorpio. So Pluto in is in Leo. He's a generational planet. It is conjunct uh, his midheaven. So not only is does his midheaven his midheaven is in twenty two degree kill, kill or be killed, which is quite extreme. He's got Pluto at the top here. So okay, so yeah, Pluto is conjunct the midheaven, which means that yeah, in his career there's going to be absolute power. People with Pluto in their tenth house or conjunct their midheaven cannot have bosses they must be bosses they need full control um there's also yeah it's kind of like mafia boss vibes like someone i don't say i'm not saying everyone with pluto conjunct their midheaven is going to be a mafia boss but if like it's a great mafia boss placement like they'd make a really great like church leader cult leader they'd make a really good you know there's there's a destructive power hungry energy here and it's in the sign of show business so did he, did he work in show business? Was he destructive within the world of show business? Was there some form of, like, Hades, Plutonian-like behavior where he, like, took Persephone and under his in his cave and made her part of his world and then, like, raped her and then, like, set her back? And, like, did he do that? Did he act like Hades? Did he act like he had Pluto conjunct his midheaven, which he does? Did he act like that? I think a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so you can see how this chart just is making more and more sense. Um, now let's talk about his moon. He's got moon in Capricorn in the second house. So the second house is the house of material possessions, values. Um, it's the house of, um, um, what do you call it? It's the house of like, yeah, money as well. Um, so he's got it in, it's, it's ruled by Sagittarius here, like, Sagittarius has the second house of money. Sagittarius is the luckiest sign. Is the it's Jupiter. Jupiter rules this sign, so it's lucky, happy sign of like here you go, lots and lots of mm, lots of lots of everything, <laughs> you know. Um, the, the and it's a sign of the traveler, the explorer. Um, second house is values. So like he values learning and exploration for sure. And Sagittarius in this house, he'll ne he'll never be without money. I'm not saying he won't lose it, or I'm not saying he can't, um, I'm not saying he can't lose money, I'm not saying he can't be unfortunate with money, but ultimately he's always going to have money in his life, it'll come back to him, you know? So money goes in, money goes out, but he's always got it. Um, now, he's got his moon in Capricorn, um, in the second house. So the moon, which rules cancer, the moon is the planet is the planet is of the planet of the mother and your inner self. So we think of the sun as the outer self, it's who you are and kind of like every day, every day. Um, and then the moon is your secret self, who you are at home, who you are intimately, who you are. And you know what? Like people with the Capricorn moons are pretty down to earth people. Like they're kind of like, it's a bit cold, you know, like it's a bit cold placement. Um, it's the sign of the patriarch. Like it's someone who's very emotionally quite grounded but I think that's also a placement where they have a lot of vices because if you think of like say any kind of powerful person and Capricorn is like the patriarch like a lot of patriarchs that have a lot of responsibility they really fall into their vices it's the death sign of the devil of work money suffering work 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 nine to five working hard to make a living right and imagine that you're like that emotionally you know like oh so burdened so burdened 
Um, and then it's in the second house of money as well. So he's very money orientated. Money probably makes him real happy. Um, someone who could also probably fall into their vices, like it's in an earth sign and in the as hardworking as this person is. Um, this is someone who really could fall into their vices of money and sex and food, and that's exactly what happened to him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, someone who is would kind of be emotionally cold, I think. Um, someone who could be a bit of a tyrant. Um, and I don't just say that because of this placement, because there are a lot of Moon and Capricorns who are really, really funny. Uh, that's another thing. He was probably really, really funny, because Capricorns are really, really <laughs> funny. <laughs> He has Uranus directly opposite um, his moon. Uranus represents the higher, high, the higher mind. It's like a think of Mercury, but smarter and like um, more about big ideas and like that's Uranus. Uranus is opposite the moon. Uranus is again when you have an opposition, there's an oscillation between two points. There's a is the word oscillation correct? But anyway, there's a ping pong of energy between the moon and Uranus. So I reckon he had some serious issues with like a mood disorder. I mean, Uranus in the eighth house would already indicate someone who's quite intuitive, but also maybe emotionally quite unpredictable. And it is, it is in Cancer. It is opposite the moon, which the moon rules Cancer. So this is an uncomfortable placement. I mean, the, yeah, like I reckon he, there's, there's, and issues with women, like if you've got like negative aspects to your moon, issues with women, um, issues with the mother, there's like, he's got a, he like, he has some serious issues with uh, women, the mother, and his own emotional, like, I guess maybe even mental health, <laughs> you know, like, there's someone who has, like, I wouldn't want to date this person, you know, like, this is why I would look up Tinder dates, because I'd be like, to any girl who found this chart, when they're like, oh, I got his name, and like, I got his you know, time of birth, and they want me to look at the chart, I'd be like, don't, don't date this person. Don't be in a relationship with this person. Anyway, <clears throat> so he has, yeah, that's a very uncomfortable placement. If you have Uranus versus the moon, makes your mood a little bit, like, unpleasant. Yeah, that's to say the least. Um, and someone who's also, like, very, they can fall into their vices, and they're kind of a tyrant, and... But someone who is quite funny and charming at the same time. I'm not saying he doesn't have some great qualities. He does, clearly. Like, especially with his fifth house placements. Quite fun. Love it. And he... But yeah, a lot of hedonism. Harsh male hedonistic energy here. For sure. For sure. Um, except for that Venus, which knows no boundaries. So he could easily fall in love with someone that's, like, maybe too young. Or maybe too old. Or maybe too, like, oh, who cares about their class? Who cares about... So he could actually, like... It's kind of dangerous too, because if you're an abusive person, you can fall in love with whatever. You can fall in love with a with a with a rabbit. I mean, I'm sorry to put that image in your head, but that, that's just someone who could. If this went unchecked, this could be quite sick with Venus in the in Venus in a, in a, in Pisces. It's a very. It's just like ugh. Sorry, guys, that people that have this. I'm not saying that you're gonna fall in love with a rabbit. I'm just saying that you could fall in love with someone who abuses you, or someone that you you fall in love when you abuse people. Like it's just really difficult. It depends on how it manifests. Anyway, Mars. He has. Okay, so let's talk about this first house. Let's talk about his ascendant. Um, his ascendant is in Scorpio. I have Scorpio rising. We are people that. We're so misunderstood. <laughs> That's from my perspective. Um, we're so misunderstood. But um, very polarizing people, very charismatic people, but also very polarizing. They're people that can get into your blood, into your, yeah, your blood vessels. They can get into your soul. Like, just jump, jump through there, through your nostrils and take out your soul. 
by people, find us kind of scary. Um, his Mars is in the first house, and it is, it is, I'd say it's conjunct his ascendant. Yes, it is. Okay, so your ascendant is how you appear to others, it's how people see you. Um, I, and, and he's quite intimidating. Look at him. Like, he has, like, he's, usually people with Scorpio Risings are quite attractive. Like, you know, dark hair, sexual, got a sexual vibe, so mysterious. Yeah, 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 he's was just scary. You know, I wouldn't say he was quite sexy. I'm like, maybe he, maybe, I don't know. He's highly sexed anyway. He's not sexy, but he's highly, highly sexed person. Um, with Mars also in Scorpio, that is someone who loves control and sex. They want to either control or be controlled. But they do need control more than anything. Like, um, possessive sex, you know. I would say that people that have um mars and scorpio they're better off with relationship sex like intense relationship sex but at the same time like there is they like this is a very deeply sexual person that probably wants to do it with lots and lots of people like especially when this placement is in men um and it, the way that it's aspected in his aspected in his chart like you know like it it, it is both negatively and favorably aspected by so many planets here so you could use this for good or for evil this is someone who needs control over everything in their life and they are also the type of person mars and scorpio people they need to they need to watch how they um like like where they put their energy right because mars rules scorpio it also rules aries but when mars is in scorpio it needs to make the right move at the right time they just can't keep going 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 they need to like conserve observe conserve the energy and when the time comes they will expel it because it will be incredibly powerful then they'll be i start acting like the workaholic then they'll start being very very focused they can't then you know it, and it's an energy that needs to be conserved and then let go because it is so potent and powerful and maybe even dangerous um and highly effective so he has Mars in the first house. Um, I reckon he was just very aggressive. It's kind of like having an Aries rising. Not only is he a Scorpio rising, but he's Mars in that in conjunct his ascendant. He's got like double dose of aggressive with with people. How he interacts with people is quite aggressive. Even when he's not being aggressive, people find him quite intimidating and aggressive and a very um, the word foreboding presence, foreboding or very like intimidating, very menacing he's very men this is a very menacing placement like scorpio rising is sexy but it can get menacing um especially when you have another uh, like mars here like it's just that's a scary person um yeah and it's trining uranus um this is someone and again like uranus and um mars here are 120 degrees apart here it's a favorable placement, an easy placement. So for him to exert his power um, when he's angry is highly effective. Like, unfortunately, I'm not saying it's professional, but it's highly effective in business, isn't it? Um, especially when men can get away with what the fuck they want in this industry. Um, to have to have this placement where you ha where your aggression can be channeled and even if it's negative, can be easily channeled into projects and getting things done like yeah that's exactly who he is it is squaring off with pluto though so there's um his aggressive sexual um need like you know behavior his need for control all of that like his mars is squaring off with pluto here so there could in pluto again is in his 10th house there's public disgrace here i think his anger can get him in his sex life like mars is the planet of sex 
his penis is going to get him in trouble. His penis is going to get him publicly disgraced. <laughs> and we also know, um, literally, like, guys, you can go research it. Like, you need to laugh at this man's penis. Like, he's a horrible human being. So I suggest, like, you go have a look at the descriptions of what his penis looked like when they had in the court. Like, it was so... That's deeply humiliating, <laughs> but I giggled <laughs> because he's a rapist and we're laughing at your dick. So go have a look. It's, it's, uh, it, it's quite like, men are going to be horrified, but like, guys, this is what happens when you rape us. We're going to laugh at you. <laughs> Don't rape women. Don't be a fucking tool. Or we're going to just like, you know, when you die or when you like get arrested or when you finally get in trouble, or even when we talk about it with our friends and we know exactly what you did, we're going to be laughing at you and talking about your penis and humiliating you behind your back because that's how women work. I know like men's guys, men's deepest fear is to be laughed at. So we need to laugh at this man because there's no power. He doesn't have the power to get back at the world anymore. So let's just continually laugh at this horrible human being for all eternity. Um, and that was my chart reading of Harvey Weinstein. Um, guys, my Mercury's in Pisces, so it's kind of all over the place. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, that's just that's just how I do it. But yeah, this was uh, this is Harvey Weinstein's chart reading. A com a complete monster. A complete monster who needs to be publicly vilified, stretched out for everyone to see, head on a pike. Welcome to the matriarchy. This is what you get. Yeah? We can't, this guy's gonna die comfortably, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna make an example of his memory. Because men need to know, no matter how genius they are, no matter how much you achieve. And you know what? Dirty women too. Because I'll get into Ghislaine Maxwell. No matter what. Um, if you do evil, evil, awful, despicable, disgusting things like this to this level, that's what you're going to be remembered for. So yeah, welcome. Welcome to the new world, guys. <laughs>